Vegas Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting Today I'm joined with Simon Street And we have with us a I don't even know if budding star in the making Or current star in the making Um but it is Zena from Zena did that. Um, one of the, uh, I think one of the most important uh, journalists in pro wrestling because of the focus on women's issues. Zena, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me and for your uh, nice introduction. Uh, this is not how you say my name, though. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's Xenia. Xenia. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And you somehow managed to pick just the worst pronunciation of my name that I hate the most, but it's fine. <laughs> as long <laughs> as people are willing to, you know, learn, it's fine. <laughs> okay. So, all right. I'm going to try it again. It's Exenia. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> all right. A little bit of the phonetics, a spelling of it. I get it. I get it. Exino. Yeah, it is, a, it is an exotic name for the U.S. for sure. <laughs> well, an exotic name for an exotic woman. So it makes sense. Good pairing. <laughs> well, that's, you know, and, and I'm going to keep the mistake in because I think that's important. People, you know, yeah. should know how it's said and know that, yes, you know, some of us mess up. Uh, but <laughs> along those lines, um, where were you born and what was your journey to the States? Uh, I was born in Moscow, Russia. Um, and my journey to the States is still uh, in progress, I guess, because I still, I don't live in America, um, even though it might seem like I do <laughs> because I'm at shows a lot. Uh, but I'm really a citizen of the world, if you will. Um, I spent some time in Spain when I was a kid and I still spend sometime a couple of months a year there and i was born and raised again in moscow russia um i am also part romanian <laughs> uh so it's a definitely mixture it's definitely a cultural cocktail <laughs> um my journey to here was mostly led by wrestling uh, because the U.S. is the cradle of, of sports entertainment wrestling as we know it uh, and it's ultimately something that i do and something that they love to do um, in terms of my uh, media career, so that's why I'm here. <laughs> well, how how do you how do you um, you know come across wrestling? What what were your first memories as a kid? Because I would assume that you know it's not you know readily something that is you know yeah. uh, you can just go next door and watch one of a local promotion like you yeah. can. <laughs> Technically, I could, though, because uh, it turns out that the oldest promotion in Russia, the oldest, the biggest one that I ended up working with at one point, which is it's my home promotion, and I, uh, I worked with them for a good couple of years, um, turns out that they're just as old as me. That promotion is 25-ish uh, years old, I'm 26. So technically, I could go next door and watch it, but uh, until I was older, I didn't really know it existed because wrestling is still very much 
niche and underground in Russia. Um, so yeah, the first time I ever saw wrestling was actually in England because my mom, who's an artist, a designer, um, had work in England. She worked with a fashion contest called Fashion Fringe and she designed the trophy for the contest. Um, so she had work in London and uh, she just took me with her. <laughs> and I would just spend some time in a hotel room and I just so happened to stumble upon SmackDown. And that's where the greatest love story began of <laughs> me in wrestling. Wow. So, you know, kind of uh, pouring over and looking at, you know, your, your body of work, I did uh, definitely um, subscribe to your channel. Uh, Zinnia did that. I do like it. I was, I was watching quite a few of the shows. And, um, you know, my question for you is, is you state yourself as a wrestling journalist. You know, what sets you apart from this huge, huge, huge amount of people who are wrestling journalists? Uh, I feel like what really sets me apart is the way that they do my interviews and what makes me a journalist is I do interviews. Uh, <laughs> because a lot of people get confused because uh, even though I do um, have a social media presence, right? And that's where I will share some, you know, like backstage stuff or like information. I also do think pieces, which can count as journalism as well, but the main thing is interviews. Um, People get confused because they think I am I am like my friend Sean Rossap and I'm going to give them the scoops. I am not that. I'm not a news journalist, which a lot of people apparently don't know that. I mean, a journalist is not necessarily a news journalist. I, I do interviews and I have a higher education in journalism, so I am trained to do this. I know what I'm doing. We're all going to be safe and fine. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Um, but what sets me apart is I say I do turnkey interviews quote unquote. And I say that because uh, you're rarely going to see me talk about wrestling in general to a wrestler. I'm never going to ask them who their dream opponent is. I'm never going to ask them when they started to wrestle because that's very easy to Google. Uh, I usually find a subject or a cause or a certain peculiarity of a wrestler's career that only pertains to them or that they have a particular experience with and that they would want to discuss and talk to them about that and that also you know provokes some backlash sometimes because <laughs> um I talk about some pretty heavy subjects sometimes uh I talk to AJ Gray about people of color in deathmatch wrestling. I talked to Sean Dean about um, gender issues and abuse in the US Army. Uh, I talked to Sean Rossep about rescuing animals. It, it can be anything. And I feel like it really is the puzzle piece that's missing in the media sphere in wrestling because you see that in other industries. Like you see actors and even politicians do interviews and talk about things that make them human and things that they like or things that they do besides their main thing but with wrestling i feel like it's very cookie cutter and a lot of the time it's like oh what's your favorite venue to wrestle in like it's a great question if it's asked once it's not as great if it's asked 17 times in 17 separate interviews so i really try to keep it very um unique as much as i can and again like Simon has already mentioned, uh, or was it Matt that mentioned it? As you guys mentioned, um, it does have uh, a lot of this uh, social issue hue. And on the one hand, it just so happens because it's something that a lot of wrestlers struggle with because I talk to women, I talk to trans wrestlers, I talk to people of color, I talk to you know wrestlers who have experience with such social issues. But also I myself am a feminist and I've done public talks and I 
do consider myself educated on, on the subject, if I say so myself. And it's something that I believe in very deeply, and I'm glad that I can channel it in my work. Sorry for such a long answer, but it was a charged question. <laughs> it's not a problem. Well, well stated, well stated. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at the um, the availability of, of people who, you know, uh, come across your way, is part of the draw for them um, the fact that with you, they're just kind of curious about you as well? Because it's not like, um, you know, it, it, like any schlub like us can, you know, just start a, a podcast up and, you know, it's just another American podcast, uh, you know, the, the typical type of, uh, you know, thing you see hundreds of people doing, but with yourself being, um, you know, uh, someone who grew up in Moscow and, and has world experience, um, do you see them sometimes just wanting to engage with you because of that? Honestly, yes. Like, I don't like to brag and I don't like talking about myself specifically when it comes to my work, unless I'm. That a lot of friends that I've interviewed have told me after, um, you know, after the camera goes off, they've told me, like, oh, I almost wanted to ask you questions too. I almost wanted to, you know, make it more of a back and forth because, and it's, it, it might be because of my background, yes, because everyone is kind of curious, like how I ended up here, why am I everywhere? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but also another thing is that when you talk about such peculiar topics, like the topics that I talk about, um, you sometimes can't help but find like a middle ground with a person and sure. they want to make it a conversation. Like um, I did an interview with Rising, who is now a great friend of mine, and we talked about Satanism quite a lot. <laughs> And I might be burying myself right now, but it has more common ground with feminism than you would think <laughs> <laughs> in the best way. Uh, so it did turn into a conversation and it did turn into something that, you know, it's not necessarily a common ground in this sense, but it's sure. something that helps you understand each other better, I guess. So, yeah, it's definitely happened and I've definitely made some friends through my work. Well, and you've, you've made a very good point with that because... I think what a lot of times we miss just in general now as a society is the idea of listening to each other and then asking follow-up questions of each other. You know, it's yeah. like we don't take enough time to get to know each other. And it's fabulous to, you know, see you get a chance to um, get to know people a little bit more just because you have a little different in on how you're doing things with with what you've been creating how did you go about this deciding how to launch your brand was it because of the experience that you've had in terms of um you know taking journalism and as a major and and learning about that or have you very much uh studied the idea of you know what the effects of having a youtube station and you know, having the audio available on the different platforms and having your Instagram and your Twitter. It's such a huge field that I think that not a lot of people know how to do that right. And it seems like you've got a head start on a lot of people because 
you've created something that is very easily discoverable and the presence is there. <laughs> what brought that about? Um, it definitely took a while. It definitely wasn't an overnight thing. I started my channel four years ago, so it was definitely a journey <laughs> of figuring sure. it out. And with the way that I started it, it also was a bit of like a situation where a lot of puzzle pieces just came together at some point, because again, I do have an education in journalism and I have experience working for a news channel. And again, with I really got into gender studies when I was getting my master's and I did some public talks on feminism. And I, and simultaneously throughout that entire time, I was of course a wrestling fan ever since I was 11 years old. And also I, at one point when I was, late teen, I was very fascinated with YouTube and I have a lot of YouTubers that I respect a lot and that I admire and some of them I still watch. Again, I, I stopped watching a lot of YouTube channels when I, when I started doing my own YouTube stuff, just because you don't have time <laughs> when you do right. it yourself. Uh, but still, there, was, there were a lot of YouTubers that I drew a lot of inspiration from. And it never really occurred to me to put these three things together. So at one point, again, I was working at this news channel and they like they were liking me and they wanted me to stay. But I really realized that, again, news journalism is not for me. It's not something that I enjoy, even though I had a great experience working there. Um, and I left and uh, there came a you know, question of, you know, what do I do now in terms of I could go find a re real <laughs> job and, you know, be a regular person or I could start and try to do something that I genuinely love and that would help me build something of my own. Sure. And that's when this came together. And the first person that I told that I was going to start a YouTube channel was my dad, uh, who was surprisingly very supportive. Probably <laughs> the only father in the world uh, who heard that their daughter is going to start a YouTube channel was like, hell yeah, you go, girl. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, he's very supportive. Uh, and my, my mom, of course, as well. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. But it was, yeah, how old was I four years ago? 22. So at 22 years old, it was a really a defining moment <laughs> where I was like, wait, we have thing A, thing B, and thing C. Why not? So, you know, the, the one question that I wanted to ask was um, you had mentioned earlier that you um, had studied, uh, you know, um, be, you know, essentially being a feminist, you know, do you feel that sometimes, you know, whether it be in your personal life or, um, you know, maybe in, in interacting with some of these people that you bring onto your show, do you feel that a lot of people may either be a standoffish or be more inclined to inquire more about what, uh, you know, feminine is? Because, I, you know, whenever I speak to a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, don't really quite understand and they're not quite educated. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, feminist movement is kind of in some ways the media portrayed as a very aggressive thing when it's really not. If you break it down, what would be your take on that? Um, any personal experience you'd like to share with us in that regard? You know, a boring answer, like with people that I've featured on my channel, I've never had any kind of um, problem with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and no one came into the interview you know, wary of, of, of this. Uh, I did get some, and I still get some comments from viewers who, you know, who don't really understand, but that's part of the reason why I make my video essays where I explain. Mm -hmm. Literally one of the videos that I'm 
most proud of throughout my whole entire time doing YouTube uh, is called Baby Faces Must Hit Women. <laughs> Look it up on YouTube. Uh, it's one of the more controversial ones for sure, but again, really proud of it. And I feel like it answers a lot of questions. Um, a, a bit of a clickbait title, but you know. <laughs> what can sure. you do? Uh, I've also done video essays on body positivity, on why I've stopped uh, engaging in private conversations about feminism with people on the internet. And yeah. I, I, I just try to you know, use my platform to answer those questions because I found that if I try to explain myself every single time someone has a problem with it, I'm just never going to stop doing it and it's just going to be very mentally daunting as well. Uh, so I just try to more so gather information like, oh, what exactly do those people don't understand? Like, what can I mm -hmm. do to make it better, to make it clearer and make content based off of it? Because I feel like that's a way healthier way of approaching it. <laughs> Well, and, and, and kind of with that, the reason why I posed that one question is to kind of lead into this is that, you know, you know, as looking into the future of where uh, pro wrestling is going and obviously seeing more of a, of, of a definite presence of women starting to emerge even more and more behind the camera and in the ring. What would you say your take is on, um, you know, this movement? Do you feel that it's something that has gained steam and it will improve the product? Or do you think it's something that right now, because uh, the climate is right, and let's just say certain wrestling promotions may say, let's go with this, because this can be a moneymaker, it draws attention to people. What would you say, which one fits better and which, which way should it be more directed towards? Honestly, why not both? Because I feel mm -hmm. like the reasoning behind people featuring more women and promoters putting the spotlight on the women is really not the main concern. <laughs> Like if they are saying like, oh, cool, this is going to be a draw and this is going to make me more money and that makes them feature more women. Cool. Like that's, you know, that's great. Another thing I feel like that concerns people more is the flip side that people say that women aren't a draw and people say that, oh, promotions are going to lose money, lose viewership if they feature more women. That's a bigger problem, I feel. But uh, when people ask me like, oh, people, you know, shove ratings in my face and they go like when women are on screen we have we get lower viewership like what do you do with this and i always say that historically when it comes to fighting for the rights of a minority which technically women aren't a minority but they're treated like a minority um there's always affirmative action like there's always something that you have to step over there's always something that you kind of have to sacrifice because it takes time because it doesn't happen overnight you can't showcase one great women's match where people wouldn't even expect it to be great because before that you would only give them two minutes on screen and three drop kicks and that's it um, and expect suddenly the public opinion to shift it takes work it takes time so honestly again if it's something that people do to be cool to be hip to stay in the trends or to you know to draw more viewers that's great. Like, honestly, if that connects in their, in people's minds, um, you know, if they connect this and then if they know that if they feature more women, if they feature more LGBTQ plus competitors, if they feature more people of color, that bring them first. Cool. That's exactly what we're trying to get across. Um, when you, uh, you know, you're talking about the engagement of, um, of people who uh, watch the YouTube channel or, or comment on your social media, how difficult has it been to overcome um, the 
you, you know, the, the people who like to um, just be misogynistic or, um, you know, the people who are constantly throwing DMs towards your way about like, uh, you know, hey, you're good looking. Um, <laughs> you know, wow. like, how, how, are you, how are you dealing with, with that? Because there's a whole different side of the Internet. You know, you've got those people that you can trust are watching and listening and understanding and and starting a conversation. And then you just got the uh, the bottom of the barrel that uh, <laughs> has it been tough to kind of balance that out and keep those people kind of awake. I don't like to complain because I feel like I have it better than a lot of people. And honestly, also so-called pretty privilege exists and me by being somewhat conventionally attractive, I guess, if people say so, uh, it, it is something that I can use to my advantage. And it is something that can be can be an advantage. Uh, but it can also be a disadvantage, of course. Uh, and it really sometimes manifests in people not taking me seriously. And that's probably the one thing that I really hate. Because I I think of myself as a pretty thick-skinned person. Like, there's nothing that you can say to me that I haven't heard or seen on the internet. Uh, and I find some twisted amusement in some messages that they get. I, I like to post screenshots because I find it funny. But it's it, it's important to not lose sight of the fact that it's actually not okay and that what people are what those people are doing is actually sexist and terrible and horrible. And just because I laugh at it because I am the presumed victim of this doesn't mean that it's something that should be normalized. Uh, the reason why I post them and the reason why I expose them like that is because it's not okay. Uh, but in terms of not being taken seriously, that's probably the one thing that really grinds my gears a lot. Uh, because Honestly, again, I have a bachelor's degree in journalism and PR. I have a master's degree. I have uh, experience working for real journalistic entities. I've interviewed, what, about 40 or 50 people in the industry at this point from 10 different countries or 11 different countries, actually. Uh, honestly, like, I feel like my work speaks for myself. I've been published in the first ever print wrestling magazine in Russia. Uh, I've worked with PWI, I've worked with WrestleTalk, I've worked with Fightful. Uh, I almost feel like, you know, there's no way to nitpick at this and be like, <laughs> you're not right. doing something real. But I, I, I have gotten comments, people saying you're not a real journalist. Like, it doesn't get any more real than that. I have a diploma. <laughs> like, that I don't like. And I feel like people wouldn't say those things if I were, I, a friend of mine actually said that people wouldn't say those things if I were another six foot two to two dude. Uh, but what they don't realize actually is that in real life, I'm almost six feet tall and just as scary. So beware. <laughs> and, you, you know, it's interesting you say that because I'm almost certain, um, you know, you were at WrestleMania this past weekend. Yeah. I, I, I think I ran into you a couple of times. Oh. You, you probably <laughs> didn't even know. But um, I do remember that you were tall. I am six foot uh, three. And so I saw you and I was like, uh, she, she's definitely got to be up there. <laughs> I, I, was, I was gonna say five, Okay. I was going to say almost six, six foot, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Five eleven, uh, maybe and a half. People like to argue, especially men. Men like to be like, there's no way you're five eleven. You're at least six foot or six one. Uh, no, I am five eleven. Uh, I actually interviewed uh, Sawyer Rack. WrestleMania mm -hmm. week and it's not out yet, but it's gonna be out soon on my channel. And she is an actual six foot two, not a wrestling six foot two, an actual six mm -hmm. foot two. Actual six uh, foot two. 
And if you've been watching my vlogs, there's almost like a running theme throughout the years where I'm trying to find a, a wrestler, a women's wrestler who's taller than me, and I finally found it. <laughs> and I'm a huge fan of Sawyer. I think she's amazing, and it's been long in the making, and I'm so glad I finally got to interview her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's amazing. Um, you know, uh, and four years, uh, it took you four years to find <laughs> a woman wrestler right? who's taller than you. That's crazy. <laughs> But, yeah, I've, che I've checked a lot of people, and uh, for the longest time, I was saying I need to find Raquel Gonzalez because I, I feel like yeah. that's yeah. I think she's 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 actually six foot, if I'm not mistaken. Gonzalez, and I was taller than her. <laughs> oh, did you find her over WrestleMania? I am taller than Raquel Gonzalez. Wow. Okay. Wow. Right. Yeah, actually, earlier than that, uh, Revolution Weekend. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, that's that's surprising because um, even. Uh, on SmackDown on Friday when she showed up, one of the biggest things that you noticed right away is how huge she was next to you know backstage yeah. interviewer who was just like literally like looking up and pointing. I mean, up. WWE has its tricks. We know that. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> of course. They purposely find people who are, are are a little bit shorter in stature so it makes their talent look bigger. And um, also, anyone who does interviews in wrestling knows the interviewer's tense. That you yeah. assume that you kind yeah. of look like a baby giraffe when you do that, but it works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of you know WWE, um, obviously it's been around for a long time, and now you have the the new kid on the block who's been around a couple of years in AEW. Um, why is WWE better? And uh, <laughs> tell us what why you you absolutely believe that and we are speaking just the truth wow <laughs> Do I? Uh, I didn't get the memo are we are we uh <laughs> no, uh, no in, all, okay. in all seriousness um with uh AEW, with AEW uh making the move it's it's been making um how have you been able to um look at it from that perspective of uh let's say not a journalist, but more so of the um, the eleven year old who found wrestling for the first time. Are you connecting with that product to being a kid again, almost? Honestly, to answer your first question, <laughs> in all seriousness, I don't like to operate in terms of better or worse or good sure. or bad, because I feel like wrestling as an art, which I do perceive wrestling as an art, uh, very much relies on every single viewer's personal tastes and personal experience. And I yeah. really don't feel like it's something that we should be doing just like saying, oh, this is worse or this is better. Uh, analytics is not a thing. And I, I, I do like to compare things in terms of like, oh, what kind of audience do they draw? Or what kind of product is this? Or, you know, what's the, um, what's the structure of the episode? What's the amount of wrestling per episode? What's the, you know, continuity, everything. But I don't feel like we should just slap the label better or worse on anything. Um, with AW, yeah, I'll be honest, I'm I'm a huge AW fan. I love AW. Um, I feel like I, it's not even about connecting with my inner child like that because when I was a child and up until I was a late teen, I was only watching WWE because, again, as a European, it's, uh, I, I didn't really have as an eastern european or so i didn't even have, have much access to to other wrestling so it took me a while to even discover indie wrestling um i feel like with aw it's more so this type of product really fits the kind of 
wrestling that I enjoy as a grown up, as a developed <laughs> grown person sure. right now. And I, again, I don't feel like it's the epitome of the good grown up wrestling because a lot of people have a problem with me because I don't watch New Japan regularly, even though I do like New Japan, but it's not something that I would sit down and watch two times a week like I do AW. Um, right. Because it's way more sports based, it's way more, it's way less removed from storylines, it's way less entertainment ish. Uh, okay. I do, th yeah, the thing is, it kind of clicked with AW. It is the kind of wrestling that they like. And funnily enough, it's like that's part of the reason why I like Black Label Pro. I feel like it's yeah. somewhat similar, uh, it, just in the way that they package their product and in the way that they that they present it and in the way that they come up with storylines and matches. Uh, because I went to a Black Label show. Um, WrestleMania week in Dallas, uh, which was kind of a conundrum. <laughs> it was a 1 a.m. show. Um, I think it started mm. at midnight, but I, I was there at 1 a.m. because it was on, on the day of WrestleMania. Um, yeah. And some of my friends like weren't really feeling it because like, what is this? It's 1 a.m. Why is why is this happening? This is too absurd. But for me, I just had a blast. It's just something that I enjoy about wrestling because I feel like wrestling is in itself kind of ridiculous. Like <laughs> we also talked about this with Sawyer in the interview. Actually, people are like dragging each other around the ring in sparkling knickers, and we're supposed to take it super seriously. No, <laughs> come on, let's have some fun here. Again, this is not the one correct opinion on wrestling, but I just feel like right. AW brings this level of entertainment that I enjoy while being an amazingly structured again i keep saying structure because that's a structure of the episodes is immaculate it's there every single week um and it's a product that's very dynamic and that does a really good job of keeping you keeping you aware of it and keeping you keeping your attention span <laughs> uh sure. so yeah i i do feel like aw is doing a great job so you know kind of with that with that said you know, you have had an opportunity to interview and meet pretty much on both sides of that fence. If let's just call it a fence, right? Of WWE and AEW, <laughs> you know, um, but I'm sure you've met others fun. in addition to them. What would you say is some of the most memorable either interactions or interviews that you've conducted? Okay. Uh, I, I don't want to offend anyone. Every interview is uh, special in its own way, and okay. every interview that I've ever put out, I love for a special reason. Uh, but if I had to pick favorites, I would just say that <laughs> the Dolph Ziggler interview is definitely, definitely one of my favorites uh, for many, many reasons. <laughs> because I keep joking that we're Twitter besties, but like it's it's all, only half a joke because we've been following each other on Twitter for like ten years now, literally. <laughs> before we ever met for the first time and that interview was the first time we ever met in real life and i've also been friends with ryan for several years but again never met so um yeah. and when that interview finally happened uh he was just delightful he's amazing to work with and again that's not to say that everyone else is an asshole everyone is mm -hmm. super nice everyone is great um but just the way that he treats his his job which is a part of the job uh he's just so accommodating so humble it's incredible he's an incredible person to work with and i i admire him for again for so many reasons i feel like he's an incredibly smart person and that manifests in his dream work and again he's been one of my favorites for years for almost as long as i can remember and that was definitely a very special moment and again we barely talked about wrestling we mostly talked about comedy because again i also enjoy stand-up comedy and he does stand-up comedy he's very good at it um yeah. 
But the one moment that kind of went viral is where we actually did talk about wrestling because uh, he, the conversation kind of went there. It wasn't a planned question, uh, but I have asked other wrestlers about it too. It kind of, you know, the conversation kind of kind of led to that. And I asked him like whether he thinks about death when he goes to the ring. And um, yeah, <laughs> and he answered that, well, it's always somewhere in the back of your mind, uh, but maybe when you're in the ring with Goldberg, a little bit more so. And that <laughs> moment went viral. Um, I, I hope he's not mad at me for putting that on the internet because, you know. Um, on the other side of the fence, the fence, <laughs> yeah, um, I would say that one of the favorites is definitely the Best Friends interview. Mm -hmm. Again, because they're my favorites. They're my favorite tag team. They're both in my notorious top five favorite wrestlers. Like because I just say favorite wrestlers so much, but it's mostly those five people. They say that. <laughs> um, they're both in the top five. Um, and I always, again, joke that Trent produced that interview. <laughs> and again, it's only partially a joke when I say that because it was very. It was less organized than some other interviews, let's say that, because they're very busy, very serious people. <laughs> and it, it's it's the only interview that I ever recorded that I recorded at Daly's place. Um, and it was very impromptu, and that's why the audio on that interview kind of sucks. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's, it's to tolerable, but it could have been better. Um, but again, Trent found the spot. Trent did everything. Trent produced the interview. <laughs> so thank you, Trent. And I do feel like uh, as a product as well, as a finished product, it's an amazing interview. We talked about, they're just both so sharp and so smart and so funny that we just kind of completely, well, almost completely ditched the script and talked about some very strange things that you wouldn't talk to, um, to another wrestler about. And my favorite question that they asked him was, um, something that they would never do in the ring and i'm not going to say what what they said you should go and watch it <laughs> sorry for baiting you guys like that but it's just it's very fun answers from both trent and chuck <laughs> well, well speaking uh, of oh go ahead go ahead Mike. no go ahead Sandra. go ahead well I, I was gonna say speaking of fun answers i have a quick little rapid three questions i want to ask you okay. and um it uh hopefully you will answer them quite exceedingly well all right. So not really hard. Not really hard. I just like seeing you nervous. So first question is, is what is your favorite thing to do when you're not busy doing anything else? Is watch wrestling. Okay. 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 That's just a warm up question. That's just a warm up. That's a warm up. People ask me like, oh, do you get tired of wrestling? Literally, I come back from I come back from like a huge wrestling weekend and put wrestling on TV. I literally do that all the time. Okay, okay, that's good. Like I said, it was just a warm up question. All right, now here's the other question. What would you say okay. is your guilty pleasure? It could be any type of form, watching, listening, eating, whatever. What is your guilty pleasure? Okay, I'm gonna make a confession here. Um, my guilty pleasure, when I'm not like actively watching it, but like when I'm working or when I'm like editing or when I'm doing something else, I usually have like shitty reality TV on the back in the background, <laughs> like TLC, 90 Day Fiance, give it all to me. I'm just so fascinated. Oh, even worse than that, worse than 90 Day Fiance, freaking like Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, oh that's the best. <laughs> Pimple Popper is the best. Yes. Oh. <laughs> just TLC 24 seven when I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right, and here's my third question. Okay, can you either be easily answered, or you can go into detail. 
All right. So a lot of people are getting a lot of these, uh, whether you have an iPhone or a Samsung and you get a, like a scam likely call, right? And they just call. Mm -hmm. Are you a person yeah. that will pick it up and try to have a conversation, either say, hello, who is this? Stop calling. Or are you a person that just ignores it? Now, this is where we'll find out if this question just ends on a no, but are you that person that picks up the phone call? No, I'm just, it's funny because I'm such a coward and I've always been, <laughs> ever since I was a kid, like if there was something that I got teased for other than being told and everyone, uh, we just been a complete coward, always. Uh, I view it as being safe and whenever, like ever since I was a kid, my dad would always tell me safety above everything else and I, I was a good kid, I really listened <laughs> and that's still something that I kind of here too and you know what's interesting too and something that i've been meaning like i've been meaning to talk about that in terms of wrestling i've been meaning to make like a video essay about the concept of like cowardice in wrestling because i'm just so very amused by it um i found this quote and i found the quote because um so a friend of mine a wrestler mike skyros he has um merch where uh, it's like a tarot card um with like a skeleton and it says you know coward um, and I was like looking for a cool caption to post it with. <laughs> I found this quote that said, um, "Everyone would be a coward if they were brave enough." <laughs> and I feel like that's so deep. And, and again, I'm as a person that prefers heels and prefers uh, annoying heels more so than evil slash monster slash whatever else heels. I'm a huge fan of the Miz. A huge fan of Dolph Ziggler. Um, I am so really amused by the concept of cowardice in wrestling because it makes it so much more human. It's such a human emotion that a lot of wrestlers are somewhat afraid. Not afraid. I'm trying to diss anyone. Uh, that a lot of wrestlers refrain from channeling in their gimmick. Uh, and I, when it does happen and when it is authentic, I really love to see it in wrestling. So it's something that I'll definitely make a video on. Uh, so, so kind of switching tracks ju just a little bit, if I may. Um, you know, a lot of stuff's coming up with AEW. Uh, you know, I'm almost certain you'll probably end in Vegas. Correct. I will Around try. Memorial Day. You'll try. I'll okay. Do my All right. Best. <laughs> it's funny. I, I tweeted a couple of days ago that, like, whenever people ask me whether I'll be at the show, everything is so last last minute because mm -hmm. you know because I go to a lot of places and I have to assess you know like whether I'm getting any interviews. Like, do should I you know should I go should I not go? Um, I, when someone asks me whether I'm going to be at the show, I answer like Dave Meltzer. I'll update you when I have more information. There have been no <laughs> updates on this yet. <laughs> I might be present but they might pull out <laughs> that's, that's how i answer uh probably yeah i'll probably be there let's just say that but that's also smart too because you don't want to pin yourself down to any commitments and people are kind of you know expecting you to be there and then also too as a businesswoman you want to make sure that you know if you're going to come out there you, you know, try and, and, and maximize the amount of time you'll be there like you said any interviews that you can drum up so kudos to you seriously for, for that train of thought it's very very smart to do that yeah, and it's funny because I, I I do know that it feels like I'm everywhere, but at this point, and the, you know, it's not it's nothing terrible, but like it's it's kind of adorable actually. People expect me to like actually be everywhere. People message me and ask me, oh, are you gonna be at this and this show next weekend in New Jersey? That's like some local promotion. I'm like, no, I would love to be. Like honestly, another thing about me, I'm sorry if I'm subjecting too much, but people mm -hmm. don't seem to understand is that I will consume any wrestling. Like literally any wrestling in close proximity, I will go to the show and I will watch. I mean, unless it's like something super problematic, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, 
we don't talk about that. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I do have like friends who are creators and who are, you know, people who, who aren't, you know, regular fans who are actually creators who pick and choose. And yeah. I've had people say like, oh, I'm too tired of pressing for this weekend. They're like, oh, we're just going to go to the karaoke bar instead. No could not be me if there's a wrestling show in close proximity i'm there <laughs> and you know it's it's very interesting because you know this past weekend you know in in dallas like it was so much i tried to, was, to do everything oh. of course didn't succeed but i tried <laughs> yeah it, it's it's literally a lot to where to now i you know for for me personally i'm starting to look at it almost in the same way you are like so if i'm going to do something and I'm going to go, I do want to try and hit up a couple of indie wrestling shows if I can, or, you know, but it's so hard to find the time. I feel like I'm planning a trip to Disneyland or Disney world where I got to go to each section <laughs> just to be able to fit it. And by the time you're done, uh, you're, you're pretty exhausted, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, you're just kind of yeah. ready to just relax. So it is exhausting. They have to hibernate for like three days after I go. <laughs> that's what I was just about to ask you. How long do you take just to take a moment to yourself and collect yourself? So it's about that three day period. Yeah, usually a couple of days because again, I, I can't really afford to just lay around for that long. <laughs> but you know, I, I, as much time as I can get, I I, I try because especially the first day whenever I come back, I usually just like don't set an alarm, don't you know, don't do anything, just sleep for like as long as I can. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So then, let me ask you this question because I know I've been very outspoken um, on on our show about you know the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. I have been person have thought it's been not as good as it has been in the past last four years. Well, it's okay if you didn't go, but you did get a chance to watch it, no? I was literally on, on the plane. As it was. Oh, no. Okay, okay. What's the Honestly, other again, I just, I just didn't have enough faith in Cody Rhodes. Like, if I believed that he would show up, <laughs> I would have definitely stayed for Raw. But... Gotcha. Well, when you get a chance to 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 um, to to watch it, send me a line. Let me know what you think, because I've been asking a lot of different people. Did WWE be able to finally get back on track with having a really good, you know, uh, post WrestleMania Monday Night Raw? Mm -hmm. so. I feel like honestly, it's a it's a bit unusual. Good WrestleMania itself was <laughs> like it was one of the better ones. Um, yes, it was in the recent years, and that in itself is like a little surprising because uh, usually the biggest like gripe that we have with WWE is that uh, in the best traditions of dramatic writing, uh, they make us want something, but then they just never ever give it. It's one thing mm -hmm. to like again to use it as an engagement tactic, which again a very classic writing tactic, and I like to look at wrestling as classic writing, as dramatic writing because it's essentially what it is. It's theater. Um, which is again a very classic thing to do. Want your viewer to to desire something and then just crush it in front of their eyes. Uh, but when you keep doing it again and again and again and again and again, it gets tired and it gets old and it just creates this distrust. It was funny because when AW was debuting CM Punk, uh, a lot of people until the last moment, even though it was so so obvious, were like, "No, there's no way they're gonna swerve us." And like who hurt you and like we all knew the answer to this question we we know who collectively hurt us um so i feel like with this wrestlemania for once wwe actually gave us a lot of the things that we really really wanted and that's what made it feel so special yeah no that's a that's a very good point that's a very good point um as we uh, as we wrap up 
is there who's the big fish who's the one person that uh if you had on top of your list of people to uh to talk to and do Great an interview question. with who who is it i have one definitive answer tony khan that's my number one goal that's my number one most desired interview uh and i've been trying to get it i've been in touch with awpr i've even talked to Tony personally, <laughs> ask him. He's a very busy man. He's very busy uh, transforming the world of wrestling as we know it. Um, but definitely that would be, and I, I would like to do not just an interview, I would like to do an episode of uh, Did That Show because I have the show with High Spots, uh, which first season is out, second season is in the process of being produced. Um, you can search it up on High Spots, it's called Did That Show. Um, and I would really like to have uh, Mr. Khan as a guest on one of the episodes. That's a wonderful answer and a fascinating person to talk to. And oh, that would yes. be wonderful to watch. Um, before we go, uh, if you could go ahead and uh, just for the people who are listening to this, since they can't see the scroll, can you give your social media so that uh, they can uh, find you and start uh, following you? Yeah, I have the same nickname on all social media. Xenia did that. X-E-N-I-A did that. Uh, that's my YouTube channel. That's my Twitter. That's my um Instagram, uh, more lifestyle content on Instagram, and more so a deep dive into wrestling on Twitter. Um, weekly content on YouTube had a bit of a break for two weeks, coming back with a video on Wednesday, and it's going to be the interview with Alex Zane, which also was a, a goal in the interview world for her for a while. I, I am a huge fan of Alex Zane. Um, look up my merch on Wrestling Tees. Again, search up Xenia did that. It looks cool. It doesn't look like wrestling merch. It's just going to make you look fly as hell. So check it out. Um, and yeah, that's my website, xenidad.com, if you want to see what I do. And I do a lot of things. I do commentary. I do ring announcing. I do on-screen managing. A lot of things. I write. Um, so if you want to book me, that's where you should go, xenidad.com. Uh, and yeah, check me out. Join me. It's fun. I do giveaways sometimes, so if you wanna, if you want some free wrestling figures, that's Twitter. Uh, not not all the time though. Sometimes, okay, become my friend first. <laughs> but yeah, that's my social media and that's my YouTube channel, and uh, I create things that I love in hope that you will love it too. Oh, that is beautiful. That is beautiful, and we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to chat with us. Um, you know, one of the the most lovely things about you is that um you're both engaging but you're also honest and you know that's that's something that we don't see a lot of you know a lot of times it's it's such a quick you know these are the standard answers and these are the standard questions move on and that's that and uh, you bring a, a sincerity to um to your interviews and into uh the way that you uh you interact with people that is just wonderful to watch and i hope that um, people who haven't found you yet will uh take the time to uh, follow you to check you out and um again it's it's really uh, a pleasure to see you uh, take something that you know you're making your own as compared to you know other people out there and i think that's that's wonderful to see and that and again, I we are so grateful that you took the time to uh, to take time out of your schedule to talk to us, and, and we so appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your kind words, and thank you so much for having me. This was great. Again, also no standard 
questions, no, you know, nothing boring. This was wonderful, and yeah, thank you so much Good. for having me. We'll definitely well, have to have you come on back. Yeah. See, I was yeah. going to say, Simon, Simon's the one who comes up with the good stuff, you know? Because he could sit there now that he's off camera, he could sit there and just like go, hmm. Mm. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't have to see my, my puzzled face. <laughs> maybe maybe next interview you'll, you'll, you'll see my face, possibly. And then like a, like a light bulb. Hey, and a light bulb, will, yeah, a light bulb will come up. Oh my or, god, or, I or did like a, a, a light tube since we're talking about it. Exactly. <laughs> that was good. I like that. We're gonna I'll have to them. get with our production company and see if we can get them to do some B-roll like that and hook that up. So that'd be nice. Thank you. Uh, on that note, everyone, thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys next time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.